Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hey, podcast listeners, Andrew here, and with me as always, of course, is Dr. Tim Elmore. How are you today, Tim? I'm well. I'm in the house. Are you in the house? Yes. Okay. So um, we're we're on part three yes, of we a three-part podcast series talking about really all of this is based on a new book that's coming out from you, Dr. Tim Elmore, uh, called A New Kind of Diversity, where we're talking about generations and how they can come together. And today we're asking a really interesting yeah. question, yeah. which is, who's smarter? Yeah. Is it the younger or the older? So. Uh, so I love the fact that we're using a question rather than a statement to title this podcast, yeah. because I actually believe this is a legitimate question that's being debated. It's kind of like an elephant in the room. We don't think we're really debating it, but we are. Yeah. And here, I'll just get straight to the, to, to the point. One would easily argue, well, the older are smarter. They have more years of accumulated knowledge. Yeah. But because the world is so rapidly changing, some of that knowledge may be irrelevant or antiquated. Yeah. So the young might say, oh, it's not quantity of knowledge, it's quality of knowledge. Yeah. The younger smarter. So you could debate this. In fact, you probably could make a debate for people under 40 are smarter. And I might even enjoy that debate, but yet I would, but I've got yeah. to think in my 42 year career, I've got something. So this never became more clear to me than at a recent event I did. So uh -huh. you were part of this. I was. Vicariously. You yeah. were not. I didn't get on the plane with you, but I That's was a right. part of it. Oh, you were. So listeners, here, here's where I was. For some reason, I found myself in Northern Ohio the last, several times over the last year. Yeah. Uh, I was in Youngstown, Ohio. Again, great people up there. Yeah. But this particular school, uh, we were meeting in a gymnasium, and that's actually, uh, if you're a communicator listening, you know a gym is not the most fun place yeah, to do a, a talk. Yeah, a red flag is lifted when <laughs> say, say, we'll be speaking, you'll be speaking in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're speaking in the gym, the gym, the gym. Exactly. The gym. So, <laughs> so anyway, I walk into this room, and there's and there's three people to help, which is wonderful. That's a great sign. Three, yeah. three, three people I probably will need, because I'm not a tech wizard. Yeah. But we start trying to hook up my laptop to the cables and the dongles and... And, and, the, and the audio cords and everything else, and it is not working. There's two projectors for two screens. One projector seems to be, well, the light's on, yeah, but no one's home. It's not really <laughs> projecting anything of <laughs> my slides. The other one, the light's not even on. So yeah. light's on. We don't know if anybody's home here. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm only making fun because all four of us, the three helpers and me, none of us knew what to do. And Andrew, I got there in plenty time an hour early. It's now five minutes past time to start. You're supposed people to be talking. In, people yeah. are in the audience waiting, yeah. kind of just, you that know, the looking at their watch. As a it is. Yeah. And so we still don't have it. And I thought, I don't know what to do. And I was trying to be polite, saying, Does anybody think you got an answer? We're trying to, you know, unplug it, plug it back in. You know, that's my <laughs> yeah, go to. That's, that's rule number one. Reboot. Yeah. Reboot. So I finally called you, yes, my millennial friend, you know, and I said, Andrew, I'm so sorry. It's after hours. I know. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me, but we're going to need your help. We're lost. So yeah. we FaceTime. Yeah. And you walk us through. But I want you to tell your side of the story because my side is, oh, I hope Andrew can help us here. Yeah. And you did, by the way. I want to end the story. You did help us. We got on and I did my presentation, but it wasn't without the help of a next-gen person. Yeah. So um, I'm driving home from work 
Yeah. I'm in Atlanta traffic, yeah. which for me is an hour long drive. If you're in, if you're in traffic in a big city, you know what that's like. And all of a sudden I got a FaceTime call from yeah. Tim. So I got my phone hooked up there. <laughs> so I hit accept, you know, I'm driving and all this stuff. And the, the thing and you ask, I, why are tears coming down? Just, <laughs> well, I, if I remember correctly, the first thing I saw was not you. It yeah. was your phone is pointed at, at a computer going, <laughs> yeah. we're lost here. Yeah, so right. as I'm driving down the road, I'm yeah. like, have you tried plugging that into yeah. this? or yeah. might you be and I know they kept saying it was just working right before yeah. he got here and so we were trying to uh, debate yeah. that ended up being a little bit of Mac and PC uh, disagreements yes. going yep. on there yep. but ultimately you're right we were able to figure it out even though I was uh, driving for most of yes. that FaceTime yeah. call. You kept your patience and your calm very well. You were a good flight attendant in the turbulence keeping your calm. Did my best. But, um, and we did get started late, but it was way earlier than had it just been me and the other older Everybody's folks. standing around with their hands on their hips. Yeah, I'm going. sure I was the oldest of the four, but none of us were emerging leaders. We had emerged and we still didn't have the answer. <laughs> Can I say it that way? So anyway, thank you for your help. But this begs the question. Yeah. In that instance, I would say the older weren't the smarter ones. It was yeah. the younger. And you always are so gracious to say, yeah, but there's some things I'm still learning. But um it was just a reminder of the day we live in. Yeah. Sometimes it seems like the younger generations are able to navigate our technological world a little easier than the older generations. But is this true? Yeah. Um, is this, are younger generations actually smarter? Is their IQ higher? I don't know. Uh, that could be in a matter of debate. Yeah. Sometimes this divide between generations can actually start a rift. And that's what I'm trying to resolve in this, in this book. Absolutely. Yeah. I, as I look back on that moment, what I think of is... Um, might there have needed to be a younger person to help with some of the technological issues? Possibly. Yeah. But those people who showed up in that room came to listen to the wisdom of an older person, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, it, it really is a reminder that we all bring something to the table, but it does create the tension, right? It's really yeah. easy to see that. So I think this is going to be a good conversation for I, all I do of us too. listening. So a classic case study, just to kind of launch us into what do you do, uh, happened in an office, a corporation, uh, that will remain nameless because this was a bit of a debate, and I'd rather not include names of, of companies. But uh, Janet called Rory into her office. Janet is a manager of a department that Rory serves in. Okay. And he would be 23 years old. Janet would probably be in her 50s. Okay, so Rory's 23. Janet is old, older. Old 50s. enough to be his mother. Yeah. yeah right? So um, she's the department manager, Rory, young professional. Uh, she did not appreciate his disrespect toward her when he questioned her authority and her decision-making in Monday's meeting. Mm. So in front of others, this never feels good to any age, yeah. but here we are, humans meeting together, and this young, dare I say, whipper snapper, <laughs> you know, calls, ah, oh, this is Chugi, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And she's not even sure what all the words mean he's used, <laughs> but she's going, I know it's derogatory. This yeah. is not good. And she didn't like the disrespect. So that's something uniform. Any generation would say, you got to respect one another. Yeah. He didn't do it, at least in her mind. So he call, she calls him into her office. She basically says, uh, you, you, you know, you came across arrogant. You came across. So you may not say you were, but it felt like you were arrogant. It felt like you were disrespectful. You have no idea the years that I've invested in this organization. You need to pay your dues, which is a cuss word it to is. 20 somethings uh, before you speak up like that. Uh, and, and so here's what's interesting. Rory thought she was disrespectful in those comments. Mm. I thought you wanted to improve. Is an improvement one of our core values? Of yeah. course it is. Now you're lacking integrity. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you can see how they'd be at odds 
both right, both wrong. All at once. All at once. Yeah. yeah. So such a great, uh, it's such a perfect example of the tensions that are often there. You've got miscommunication yeah, happening. That's right. You've got differing definitions of the same values sometimes. That's exactly right. And yeah. those kinds of things can make things really tense really quick. Yeah. And different approaches. So Rory was thinking, well, this is how I'd say it to a friend. Yeah. Aren't you my friend? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm older and you just got to be respectful. And here's my definition. I probably should share that with you. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you're questioning my authority. So um, I, I would just remind our listeners that we have been saying you're disrespectful to younger people forever. Yes. Thousands, yay, not hundreds, thousands of years. We've said this before in podcasts, but yeah. Socrates specifically said, and I quote, children have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders. They love chatter in the place of exercise. I love Isn't that. that funny? Yeah. Yeah. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They contradict their parents and tyrannize their teachers. Children are now tyrants. That was Socrates, this Hilarious. wise man that we quote. Now, his mentee, Plato, uh, I don't know if listeners, you know that, but Plato was a mentee or a, a protege of, of um, a prodigy of, of Socrates. Later in the fourth century, Plato remarked, what is happening to our young people? They disrespect their elders. They disobey their parents. They ignore the law. They riot in the streets, inflamed with wild notions. I love it. That's like 2022 right I there. I know, yes. So um, sometimes things just never change. What's so funny is Socrates was probably talking about Plato's generation. And Plato's looking back and saying, when we, when we were kids, <laughs> we respected our elders. and Kids today. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. So um, I was reminded of a Mark Zuckerberg statement that Rory actually used as he was explaining. I think she was disrespectful. Uh, Rory actually quoted Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook. We've all heard of him because, yeah. you know, he's been to Congress and had to a argue with. Times, yeah, that's right. Yes. That's what so, he's famous for now. This is true. But he, uh, Mark Zuckerberg said way back in 2007, so three years into the Facebook journey, he said, young people are just smarter. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yep. And he was in his 20s when he said that. I'm sure And he that was, made yeah. sense to him. Yeah. While most who heard Zuckerberg's comment chuckled, they all understood what he meant. We know you mean when it comes to stuff like social networking and these apps and these platforms, yeah, you guys probably are smarter. So maybe it's categorical information or knowledge that we need to say, you've got this, I've got this, and we need to take advantage of it. But um, uh, they seem to get where the world is going, but the elders seem to know where the world has been, and we feel like you all need history lessons. Haven't you, wouldn't you agree? I've kind of been known for the last couple of years. Here's our history teacher. I don't think anybody's been derogatory, but Tim knows all the history of growing leaders. After yeah. all, he was there yeah. back in Deuteronomy, yeah. you know, or something like that. Yeah. So Well, moments like that are, uh, I, I have learned in, in all of this, moments like that are helpful for context. And that's really what you're trying to give. Right? Yes. Yeah. So it's about understanding the value of of, yeah, again, what p both groups are bringing to the table. I, what's funny about that Mark Zuckerberg comment is I feel like, I don't know if it's happening yet. I know he's in his 30s, yeah. but at some point he will live to regret that quote. <laughs> I think I think he may have because you and I both know Sheryl Sandberg served, you know, she's 50 something and she just yeah. resigned. Yeah. But I think he welcomed her on the team because she was more experienced at handling some of the issues they needed to handle. Yeah. So anyway, um, the fact of the matter is um, we need to answer the question, is the vision of youth more valuable than the decades of experience? Let me say that again. Is the vision of youth, which we all welcome now, we need to, because history's moving fast. Beyond, yeah. 
uh, more valuable than the decades of experience. I could argue both, but I want to uh, look at some information and some data today to help listeners really figure this out for themselves. Okay. I love it. All right. So um, I think you told me you love this statement, but I'm going to make it. So I'm going to make it out loud. Ageism never dies. I do okay? love that statement. In one of our past podcasts, it may have been even been our last one, we talked about what ageism means. Yeah. It's a term that's been around for a long time. But um, I think as we look at the 21st century, we need to be aware that ageism is alive and well. Uh, and actually, uh, Tad Friend, a journalist for The New Yorker, wrote an article, Why Ageism Never Gets Old. And in this um, article, he discusses the change of the age of authority. So in other words, it used to be you had to be much older to have authority, Yeah. and now not so much. And the reason why is not necessarily because kids have a higher IQ. They may or may not. Yeah. But it's just that because of innovation, kids tap into the newest thoughts and ideals yeah. and the old go, what, what, where, who, who shot who behind whose barn? You know, my mom used to say that to me. Who shot who behind whose barn? So anyway, I'm going to quote um, uh, Tad Friend on this next piece. Here's what he said, and I think it's brilliant. He says, this sharp shift in the age of authority derives from increasingly rapid technological change. In the 1920s, an engineer's half-life of knowledge the time it took for half of his expertise to become obsolete was 35 years. Isn't that yeah. amazing? So you hold on to something, you go, you know what, for the next 35 years, this will be true. Yeah. In the 1960s, it was a decade. Mm. So it had trim, been trimmed down to a third. Uh, now it's five years at most. And for software engineers, it's less than three. Wow. So traditionally, you needed decades in coding or engineering to launch a successful startup. Uh, for instance, William Shockley was 45 when he established Fairchild Semiconductor in 1955. But change begets faster change. Larry Page and Sergey Brin were 25 when they started Google in 1998. And Mark Zuckerberg, we just mentioned him, was 19 when he created Facebook at Harvard when he was a student yeah. in his dormitory. So it's just, we know this. Everybody knows what I'm saying, but just know if you're older and you're looking down and saying, kids today, just know you may need that kid today yep. for you to stay relevant in what you're doing at your age. You know, this reminds me of as I was just uh, learning, watching a few videos and learning more about the culture of TikTok, which is just absolutely exploding right yeah. now. And one of the more interesting things is that they're the, the experts of TikTok, of course, we all know this, are 16 and 17 yeah. and 18 yeah. years old. So what's happening is those people are creating brands mm -hmm. and then marketing companies are coming to them and going, right. how should we do this? Yes. So the exact same thing is happening over and over again. And you're exactly right, that, that half-life is kind of dying quickly. Yeah. So bottom line, our shifting society has sparked tension between generations at work. And I believe, Andrew, our problem is we've failed to recognize the value each generation brings to the team. We've assumed that if one generation possesses value and expertise, the other cannot. And that's not true. Yeah. I, I look to you for certain libraries, and I will set libraries of expertise <laughs> that you may not even realize you got, but yeah. you do. And then I would say, probably it's safe to say, you would look to some older generation. Your mom and dad are part of that. Yeah. And Steve and I, and, and you go, oh boy, I'm sure glad you guys are in the room. Absolutely. So if we could look at it this way, we know this is the better part of our, this is the more noble angels inside of our ourselves, not the demons. Yes. Uh, this just makes us better. Each generation brings strengths to a team that are different from the others. So that's where I want to... Um, 
That's where I want to go next and really talk about how do we then capitalize on the strengths of each generation. I love it. I love it. Well, we're headed towards that answer, but first I think we need to take a quick break. So when we come back, Tim's going to give us some great advice about how to think better about how to combat this ageism perspective. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. So we'll be right back. Hey, podcast listeners, Andrew here. I'd like to tell you about a brand new book from our very own Dr. Tim Elmore that you can pre-order right now. This book is called A New Kind of Diversity, Making the Different Generations on Your Team a Competitive Advantage. If you've been around growing leaders for very long, you know that we talk a lot about generations. Starting way back in 2010, Tim wrote his very first book on generations called Generation IY. And even back then, we began to see the importance of understanding how birth years can affect the way we think and interact with one another. But Tim, I want you to tell us about it because this new book discusses the topic of generations from a little bit of a different direction. So tell us a little bit more about this book. Yeah, so I've been intrigued by generations for my entire career, dating back to the the 1980s when the boomers and Xers were new kids on the block. But in 2001, I did a book called Nurturing the Leader Within Your Child, where I put the very first generation chart uh, in that book. And ever since that time, I've just been intrigued. What if we could get beyond just studying the younger generation, learn about all the generations? So if we're not careful, we can merely get frustrated with older or younger generations around us. I think that's happened probably to all of us. Um, Our kids, our colleagues, our athletes, our coaches, they're all either old school or new wave. In this book, I identify the items that shaped the builder generation, the baby boomers, the Xers, the millennials, and Gen Zers, and what they offer to the rest of us, along with what they need. The entire book is about how to leverage each generation to be a competitive advantage rather than a disadvantage because we're colliding, not collaborating. I'm so excited to get this book into the hands of of people. I'm so excited about it too. I'm personally really excited to get my hands on this book. It's going to be a fantastic resource and it's really gonna work for literally anyone who works alongside colleagues from a different generation. Whether they're older than you or younger than you, you're gonna learn more about who they are, how they grew up and how to interact with them well. So what I wanna challenge you to do is click the link in the description in order to pre-order a new kind of diversity right now. You can also go to the website newdiversitybook.com in order to pre-order it there. The book is going to be released on October 25th, but I want to ask you to do us a favor. In fact, it's a favor for our dear friend, Dr. Tim Elmore. Don't wait for the release of the book in order to buy it. Go ahead and pre-order it right now. What this does is it actually makes the book a little bit more of a success for Tim. It's going to get into more people's hands and more people are going to hear about it around the country and around the world. So be sure to click that link in the description and pre-order Tim's new book, A New Kind of Diversity, today. Thanks. All right, Tim, we're back. Um, we, uh, before we ended, we were talking about the val- learning the value of what both uh, younger generations and older generations bring to, to the table. In fact, it may be uh, fair to say that we have different kinds of smarts, right? And so the smartest thing in the room might be to bring those two different kinds of smarts together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's dive into what this might look like. Yeah, you betcha. So in our last podcast or one of our pre- uh, previous podcasts, uh, I talked about a psychologist, Raymond Cattell, uh, who is from Great Britain. Uh, and this is years ago. He discovered some intriguing insights about, about our brain. 
and I'm just going to highlight this, not go into d- heavy detail. If you are interested in what I'm talking about, go to our last podcast. Yeah. Uh, we talk a little bit more at length about Raymond Cantell and his research. But um, we talked about fluid intelligence in your first 40 years and then crystallized intelligence in your next 40 years. So your brain is changing over time. It's, yeah. it's, it's morphing, it's evolving. And in your first 40 years, you're going to add a little bit of value naturally this way. And then your next 40 years, a little bit of value this way. So in a nutshell, listeners, fluid intelligence is strongest in our first 40 years, crystallized in our next 40. So fluid would be, would be more about adaptation and innovation, meaning you can see what's coming. In crystallized intelligence, it's more about clarification and summarization. It's more about sharing what we've learned. So one learns quickly, one teaches quickly yeah. okay, as we age. And the bottom line is under fluid intelligence, we tend to be more creators. We invent. Under crystallized intelligence, we tend to be more coaches. We synthesize. Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm going. And um, what I'd like to do is go further than our last podcast and say, how do we do this then? I love it. I love it. Well, what I love so much about that is not that we're saying that, you know, young people can't teach and old people yes, can't be creative. That's right. But rather we're understanding that the primary role we might play yeah. in that era of our, our of our days uh, is going to be one focal point or the other, or that's where we're going to be at our greatest strength. That's exactly what Cattell would say. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up. You have fluid and crystallized all the time. Yeah. In fact, I was teaching in my 20s and loved it. Yeah. I don't know if I was great. I think I've gotten better. Yes. As my brain has aged. Yeah. But, um, and one day I'll pass a mark where you'll go, oh, that's no longer true. <laughs> but anyway, until that time. I doubt I, it. I doubt it. Um, so here is a revolutionary truth, also from the 70s, but probably more true today than ever. Do you remember when we were working on the Marching Out the Map book? Yes. You and I talked about this and talked about this. We were nerding out and geeking out over this great research. We really were. Yeah, it was quite funny. Nobody else would have liked it, yeah, but we you, had fun. You were in the back of the office, like yeah, laughing, like, right. what are yes. they doing? And who knows? That's right. So arguably, the most famous anthropologist in the 20th century was a woman by the name of Margaret Mead. Yeah. Margaret wrote several books. We quote her often. All of us quote her often. Sometimes don't even know. She was an anthropologist, did a lot of her work in the 50s and 60s. She ended up dying in the late 70s. But in 1970, she wrote a book called Culture and Commitment. Tiny little book. Very, very, very quality book. Yes. And she talks about the relationship between older and younger people and how it's changing over time. So there's always been old and young, right? Yeah. But we have people that are older now that are staying around and not dying. Yeah. And babies are continuing to be born. So there's seven generations around today, not maybe four like there was 50 years ago. Yeah. And and it's just a different world. So here's what Margaret Mead says. I want you to play off this because you know this as well as I, but I want to talk to you and let everybody else listen in here. Margaret Mead breaks down human history into three eras, Mm -hmm. three societies, if you will. And she says the way we do life changes based on society or the era in which we live. We're in 21st century AD. You know, we're way, we're further into the future than we've ever been. Okay? Yes. But, but, but millenniums ago, it was far, far, far different. Yeah. So she divides it up into three. Number one took place millenniums ago, and she called it the post-figurative 
society. Yeah. So this would have been, you know the term, everybody, the agricultural age. Yeah. Millenniums ago were almost everybody. Pre-industrial. They did their work outside. Yes. Livestock or land. Yeah. They were working outside. We all got a great tan and strong muscles. Yes. In fact, what really helped us do well was strong muscles. Yeah. We're working hard and it's hard work. Okay. Yeah. So that would be millenniums ago. Okay. Now in this age, the young learned everything from the old. In fact, she says the post-figured society because all the young people learned everything post the older. Yes. And that makes sense. Yeah. So, but it went really far. You remember these studying, the, you don't remember these days. You remember studying these days. Exactly. Um, so your mom and dad probably chose your marriage partner for you. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. You know? That's a different time. Uh, your mom and dad or some older pe- person chose, your uncle man, chose your career for you. Yeah. And it was probably whatever they were doing. Yeah. Yes, it really was. And even if you weren't gifted that way, well, hope hope you learn Nobody it, buddy. Nobody asks you what you're talented That's right. in. Yeah. Girls with their, did what their mama did. Boys did what their daddy did yeah. most of the time. And your job was to perpetuate the customs and traditions of that era into the future with yeah. your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Then as history moved forward, we moved into what Margaret Mead called the co-figurative society. Now we're moving into the Enlightenment and the Industrial Age and later the Information Age. We've, we've just come out of the Information Age. She said, at this point, because reason is king, the printing press has been invented, yep. everyone's reading, now the old and the young are learning what to do together. Yeah. So you didn't have to just hear mom and dad out and say, you're marrying Nancy or whatever. Probably wouldn't be Nancy, but Probably, yeah. Maria or whatever. I don't know. Uh, you got to choose with them. In fact, Shakespeare uh, wrote about romance, Romeo and Juliet, during this day. Yeah. Romance was a new concept. Yeah. You know, it was all chosen, predetermined. Yeah. So in the co-figurative society, the young and old would reason together and make the decision. In fact, one great illustration in my mind of this is our country, the United States of America, was born during this day. I don't think the United States could have been born with the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence hundreds of years earlier. Listen to what we said. In fact, finish this sentence for me. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Self-evident. This is reasonable. Yeah. Before we would have said, do what the king says. What's exactly. the king? What did the king yeah. say? Yeah. So this is powerful. Reason is king. Young and old are learning and deciding together. Now you see where we're going, don't you? Of course. The last uh, era Margaret Mead foresaw in the 1970s, she said, we're moving toward a prefigurative society. And here's what she meant. We were moving into the intelligence age. And because everything is smarter, we're smarter, we have more information, our devices are becoming smart. She'd already seen what was coming. And we live now. Smart devices, smart homes, smart cars, smart clothes are coming soon. We're FaceTiming while we're driving home from work. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry about that. Still to this day, please forgive me. But the point is, in this day, the young don't need the old. In fact, the young may be learning it quicker than the old. Look at us yeah. when I'm at that Youngstown, Ohio event saying, please help. Yeah. And and I know you would even say, well, now in my 30s, I even feel like I'm learning something that from, is the, very true. from yes. the younger. So we have to capitalize on this. I need to get off my ego, high horse, whatever, and say, man, I've got something to share, but I've got something to learn. Yeah. If we can do this, organizations, schools, sports teams, Nonprofits will go to a whole other level if we welcome the differences, not have a disdain for them, for each other. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, what I really love about this, Tim, is all the different examples of what this looks like when it actually happens. Yeah. So when we get this right, 
amazing possibilities start getting unlocked. Yeah. There's lots of examples of this, but probably my favorite, and I would say one of the, maybe the greatest example of this, at least in U.S. history, uh, is what happened uh, with NASA and getting the men on the moon. So I don't know if you want to just yes. sort of take us towards close with that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll be brief because it's a great story, Nick. We could go for an hour on this one. But um, all of you, or most of you, would know the story of John F. Kennedy, President of the United States, who in 1961 twice made a speech that we plan to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. Yes. And everybody knows the end of that story. In July of 1969, NASA, NASA put a man on the moon. Actually, two, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. I remember watching that on TV. Just wild. Yeah, it yeah. really is. I'm, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> so, um, But here's what we didn't know that we know now. Because um, there are people who researched to find out if any of those NASA engineers and operators were still alive. Well, some were still alive, and here's why. The people that actually did the work at the computers back then, computers were new, Yeah, uh, were in their 20s. They were in their 20s. Young 20s. Yeah. Some yeah, of them. In fact, Jack Garman, the one that actually gave the final go, not no, on the, on the you know, pulled the trigger, if you will, was 23 years old, one year out of, out of college. Mm -hmm. These young MIT grads understood the technology because they'd used it at MIT. The older guys said, we, we're used to older. In fact, we weren't, we're used to a pad of paper and a pen, yeah. but we're smart. Yeah. So they became the mentors, the mensas, if you will, that said, we'll guide you in all that we've learned. You guys do the work because you're going to have an intuition that we don't have. And they were successful because the old played their role, the mentor. The young played their role, the doer. And we are all grateful for what happened in July of 1969. I love that picture of the two generations working together. Absolutely. And what it looks like when that, when that actually happens. Yeah. So yeah. I would challenge listeners, wherever you find yourself in your life station, maybe you're younger, maybe you're in your 20s or 30s, maybe you're older, you're towards the end of your career. What, what role are you stepping into? And how are you playing along yes. with the yeah. other roles and the other generations that are in your workplace? Yeah, yeah. I have so I had so much fun in this book, just researching and then detailing practical steps to take reverse mentoring. Yes, and uh, you know, wise mentors and young geniuses. And there's just so many cool, cool ideas I was able to pick up and try to share in this resource where people can actually do what we just talked about and have their own NASA experience, their own Youngstown, Ohio experience. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, we've talked about the book quite a bit, but I just want to remind you one more time. The book is called A New Kind of Diversity. It's on pre-order right now. And I just want to challenge you guys, go pick up a copy of this book, uh, get your pre-order in. You're definitely going to want to read this. I've gotten a sneak peek at it. It's fantastic. Uh, you can find uh, the book, A New Kind of Diversity, pre-order it now at newdiversitybook.com. That's newdiversitybook.com. So go ahead and get that pre-order. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate you doing that. If you found it particularly helpful, thought of somebody you'd want to share it with, please share it along with them. We'd, we'd appreciate that as well. Uh, if you want to connect with us online, um, uh, whatever social media platform you're on, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore. We would love to connect with you. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, people you think we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. And we love getting those. Tim, thank you so much again for leading us through this series of great podcasts and for writing this fantastic resource. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.